You hear that, Pilo? Yeah, it was a little weak, but that was well. It was like a shame yeah. bump. <laughs> <laughs> it has been. Um, it's been one of those days, my man. You know, it, Mondays are never really uh, go as planned. Right. For, for me, uh, today was one of those days. Long day at work. Capped that off with a meeting at four o'clock. Hauled butt over to the five and six year old scrimmage. Always a good time. Uh, yeah, you know, you know the thing about five and six year olds when when they pay attention. Yeah, we're pretty good, right? Right. So we, we scrimmaged the best team in the league tonight. I, I knew that probably wasn't going to go well. I was kind of hoping that that was going to kind of, uh, you know, let them know, like, hey, look, maybe Coach is right. Maybe we should start paying attention a little bit. I guess this was kind of like me being my – this is like the five- and six-year-old version of me being Herb Brooks yeah. and the Russians beforehand, you know, and getting beaten by like 10. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to have that same effect. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, it, it, so it was one of those. And then ran back here and – when got your favorite restaurant, some canes. Uh, oh, down that pretty quick. Got me some extra sauce. And uh, yeah, you got to make it edible, you know. Yeah. Um, but 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 anyway, so we do have a ton to get to tonight, as you guys already heard. We do have a special guest. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if we should put his name on the episode, which is just let people just listen and figure it out. Cause this 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 is a guy that that, that I, I, I think everybody follows on Twitter and, and he's the quickest to come up with, with, with just tidbits of information about Southern Miss and he's, yeah. he might do graphic design for a living or something, but anyway, he's awesome. Uh, we got a pile to get to, man. Let's get to the show. Welcome to To The Top Talk. Greetings and salutations, everyone, and welcome to another episode of To The Top Talk, brought to you by our good friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill. We are recording this on March the 27th from beautiful Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Here, as always, with your break from the High Resource 5 propaganda to talk a little Southern Miss athletics, I am your host, Jason Bailey. Joining me now, the one and only Patrick Lowry. Yo, glad to be here. And also joining us tonight... Clover Leaf Mall. What's up, Leaf? What's the word, guys? How you doing? Man, it's it's we're so glad to have you here. Um we had, I'm glad uh SBC ref canceled, I guess, right? So you had a backup plan. <laughs> we wouldn't invite thing, that guy so anyway. He can't oh, get on man. the internet. <laughs> yeah, his AOL subscription ran out. That's so. true. That's true. Um I'm glad to be here. Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely, man. And don't forget, uh, we are brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, always the place to be pre and post game for every USM sporting event. Have all the games on if you can't make it to the game. $9.95 plate lunch Monday through Friday, homestyle plate lunches. When you go by there, tag us on social so you get a shout out. We're going to be there tomorrow. Um, if anybody wants to just come say, hey, you'll have an hour of happy hour. I think our happy hour goes three to six, if I'm not mistaken. We're going to be there at five o'clock. Probably till about 6.15, 6.20, getting a few beers and a bite to eat before we head over to West Jones for a little yeah. to the top talk field trip. Um, West Jones has Florence coming to town. Of course, nice. everybody knows that uh, West Jones' head coach is Trey Sutton, former Golden Eagle great. But do you know another Golden Eagle great that is tied to Florence High School? His son plays baseball there right now. Do you guys know who that is? Who is it? 
Rod Davis. I was like, there's oh, a coach, okay. a coach okay. right? Yes. Yeah, so, so Rod Davis right. is a football coach at Florence, and his son's a stud, but he's also a stud on the on the baseball field. So, um, hope Rod's going to be there. I'm sure he will be. His son playing. Um, so that'll be cool. Um, well, so what's up, man? Uh, you know, you've you're, you're somebody that I follow on Twitter. Somebody that that I, I think everybody just gets a kick out of everything that you do. So. Just kind of what's your story, man? Um, you know, when did you get to Southern Miss? Like, did you grow up around here? Do you did you did your parents own them all? Like, what's the deal with all that? Yep, we uh, we had a series of uh, shopping centers through the uh, southeast. We started at Cloverleaf. Now, I'm actually uh, my story surprisingly <laughs> begins in uh, the hometown of the Scranton branch of Dunder Mifflin. Nice. So I was actually spent my first ten years up in. Uh, Michael Scott territory up in Scranton, Pennsylvania. So Brian, that is that is awesome. I'm a huge Office fan. So yeah, just... it's, it it puts uh, Scranton on the map. That's for sure. So <laughs> it's uh, now I uh, grew up there for ten years. I've kind of bounced all around uh, the East Coast. I actually lived a par- uh, part of time where Shane's located now, over uh, in Raleigh, and um, had no connection to Hattiesburg whatsoever. Starting out. Uh, my story with USM actually begins with the original curse of South Alabama, believe it or not. Oh, geez. I have, a, I have an older brother that was going to South Alabama. And uh, this is back in 91. This is really where the curse started, believe it or not. He, uh, he went up to from Mobile to Hattiesburg for a game for the South Alabama Jags against Southern Miss when the men's team was number nine in the country. This is back in February 91. This is basketball. Yeah, it's basketball. Mm -hmm. So I was looking, I was still in high school at the time, trying to figure out where to go to college. My brother's going up for a game. He's like, hey, come out here. He's been to the campus before. He's hung out with uh, some of the fraternity people up there as well. So it came up and Reed Green was completely packed, just like it was this year against Louisiana. It was actually a little bit, probably a little bit more full. You know, everyone was, you know, blocked, you know, blocked up in the, corridors and everything and uh it was the you know number nine southern miss golden eagles and uh they actually lost by about six points in south alabama but that was a special south alabama team that year that uh they made the they won their conference they won went to the ncaas and i want to say they played utah in the first round that year and they had a really good team so it really wasn't that big of an upset it just was at the time because southern miss had reached its peak at number nine in the uh, poll so that was my first experience yeah, no, I did not starts. realize that it had gone back that far because, you know, with, with South <laughs> Alabama or South Al, as I like to call them, right. I, you know, we they like, they just got a football team like an hour ago. Right. And they're already beating their, their, their baseball has always been solid. They're, baseball they're like the East, yeah. They're like the East Carolina where East Carolina has always been great, but they've never been able to bust through a super regional. Uh, same thing with South Alabama. I think they're probably one, two, as far as, Teams have made regionals but never made the World Series. Hmm. So South Alabama has always been a solid baseball program. They started having a good basketball program in the early 90s with uh, Coach Ronnie Arrow and, you know, came to Hattiesburg and fell in love with it at that game and, you know, started from there pretty much. My brother ended up transferring up to Hattiesburg and I came from Atlanta to Southern Miss. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so what's the, what, what's the, what's your favorite game you've ever been to? I mean, that, that's a pretty good one to start it you off. You know, there, there's a couple memorable ones. And, you know, so my first game ever was uh, 92. Was uh, I think it was Memphis. 
And Johnny Lamaro ends up kicking like a 52 yard field goal to win the game in the last seconds. And it was, uh, there's probably about half full, it's probably about 15,000 people there in the stands. And it was about 110 degrees. And I was pledging Greek at the time. So I had to have a dress shirt on and a tie and it was miserable, but uh, <laughs> Johnny Lamaro came through. And then the very next week, uh, we all went on a road trip to Alabama and Alabama would win the national title that year. But I don't know how many people remember the 92 game at uh, Legion Field, but essentially uh, we played them the toughest anybody played them that season. We lost 17 to 10. And we gave up, I want to say we gave up a touchdown, if not a very long play, where um, they did a fake punt in the second half and it caught us off guard. And that was pretty much, you know, we, we couldn't do anything on offense. So the last thing we could do is give up a, a cheap play like that, you know, give them you know, some more points, but uh, we played well. And at that point, you know, I went from 15,000 at the rock to, I don't know, 80, 82,000 at uh, Legion field. And we yeah. hung with, uh, you know, a great team of tradition. I was, I was hooked. Yeah. They didn't turn yeah. the sprinklers on, did they? No, no, they didn't <laughs> for that one. That one they missed it on. So. Yeah. Yeah. The sprinkler game. Then you had the game where the, the flag was covered up by turf. Right. Still remember the ref coming out and saying that, like, as you know, it ran it all the way back and going crazy. And you're just looking around going, where's the flag? Where's the flag? Where's the flag? And nobody sees any, which we're celebrating high five. Right. This must've been 99, 98, 99 or something like right. that. And the referee yeah, comes my out, wife... calls the flag and then says out loud on the speaker, uh, after he said there was a flag on the play, we're going, where is it? He clicked his little buzzer again and said, the flag was covered up by turf. And I'm going, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, this is, tell me something I don't know. You know, my, uh, my wife's first game, she was, she moved to, she tried to get a job in Hattiesburg my senior year. And she ended up getting a job in Birmingham. She was based in Atlanta at the time. She finished over at Stanford University, which is in Birmingham. Mm -hmm. So her, you know, first day at work, they're all, everybody in Alabama asked the question, are you Bama or are you Auburn? And of course, she answered Southern Miss, and they're like, "Okay, that doesn't make sense." But uh, we played Bama. I want to say it was the first game that year, and that was the one that uh, where we had them pretty much beat. It was fourth and seventeen, almost midfield, about twenty seconds left in the game, and they threw a hail mary, and uh, we fell down to on the coverage, and the guy caught it in the end zone for the win. Mm. And that was the out. most heartbreaking <laughs> game. And she couldn't understand how me and there was a bunch of guys that I was with from Southern Miss that were just sick to their stomach in the uh, stands. And she's like, we well, yeah, got guys upset about it. you guys played well. And I'm like, never mind, don't worry about it. You know, I'm not taking you <laughs> to another game. So. No doubt. Pilo, you got any questions for Mr. Leaf? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we covered game. What about favorite player, like favorite golden eagle? Man, that's a tough one. I've seen some, uh, I've seen some kind of, underrated maybe somewhat forgotten players in athletics over the years i mean i i kind of agree marchant just did that uh, interview with courtney blade and she was mm -hmm. special great i mean if you think of players that really have made their mark uh, there was another player so i was fortunate in 94 to watch janice felder who was a yeah. star for k sure. james and that team ended up going to the sweet 16 since we're in march madness right now that team went to the Sweet 16 and lost to UConn and Rebecca Lobo and that team back in the day. 
Um, she was special. And then about two years later, uh, Kay brought in a player uh, by the name of Brandy Reed. And as far as basketball talent, I don't think I've seen anyone better than Brandy Reed with basketball. She ended up actually, I think she played, she might've played two years. We, I want to say we made the NCAAs with her. Um, and then she ended up going to the WNBA, making the all-star team. And then um, I don't know if it was injuries or just uh, other stuff that happened through her career, but uh, she, she was pretty much the best shooter I think I've seen at, uh, at Southern Miss. And, I, and I, I put, you know, Bernard Hazlitt up there. I mean, I've seen some great shooters through the years. Uh, Hazlitt was an unbelievable basketball player. I got to see him play at Clemson in the NIT about, I don't know, was it 30 years ago or something like that when we played in the NIT out there at Little John? That was an unbelievable experience. And even the Clemson fans were just shocked at how far he was hitting sh shots out there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's just been so many. It's hard to pinpoint one. There's just been several through my time that, uh, you know, Marchand obviously was a special talent with the Liberty Bowl team and everything. I mean, there was so many play players on defense. I think I posted that picture last week with, uh, you know, Sherrod Gideon and Pinkston and TJ Slaughter and AD were all in it. I mean, unbelievable, you know, team that we had at that time. So. Right. Well, I so, know. Go ahead. Well, I was, I was going to ask, so, I mean, you're, you're, you're so knowledgeable and you have such good recall. Um, just thinking back. Uh, I don't know if I can do any of that. Um, Tell my wife that. <laughs> but, but, so you've, you've been around a while. You've seen the best. You've seen, yeah. you've seen the downs. Uh, you see where college athletics has gone. Yeah. Um, financially and, 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 you know, just student enrollment wise and all everything like that. But if you had a magic wand, if you could just wave a magic wand right now, what would you change at Southern Miss? You know, I think that the changes that I would wish for are kind of happening right now. You know, I came, I came from a time where, you know, when you're, when you're in it, you don't realize how good it is. But, um, you know, I just missed the period, I think it was 1990, where Southern Miss was one of less than 10 programs. I want to say the number eight in the country that made a bowl game, March Madness, and the NCAA baseball tournament. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're kind of heading back in that direction right now, if you think about it, right? So we made a bowl game. We're, uh, you know, pretty close to making the, the NCAA tournament and, with hoops, and I know we're going to get there soon. That, that's been changed. And then you look at, you know, baseball, obviously, last year coming off the regional victory over LSU. You know, this team, I think, is still special. It's, uh, it's different than last year. It's kind of hard to compare the two just because there's so many different factors between the pitching we lost and uh, the schedule that we're playing this year compared to last year. But my magic wand, I think, would would have the things that are trending right now happening uh, this way right now. We're, we're, we're at a time, I think the biggest gap that we have, uh, you know, especially some older guys like me when looking at uh, where we are today is how do you get the student enrollment to embrace the athletics going forward, right? Winning sure. cures a lot of things. So if I, if I guess my wand would help to kind of bridge that gap to get more engagement, not only from the community, but from the students, because, you know, students today are different than when we were students, right? right. I mean, that was pretty, we didn't have a cell phone to sit there and keep us occupied. Mm -hmm. If you look at college athletics as a whole and how things are changing, you look at uh, Alabama is a good example where, 
you know, they're shrinking the size of their stadium, which is unheard of for a program like Alabama. But the reason they're doing it, students aren't as engaged, so they're going to shrink the footprint of that stadium and build more social zones, some things that will bring in students of today to be engaged with the game and still be able to be connected through Wi-Fi and, and hang out with their buddies, but not be just tied to the stands, right? So those are things that, uh, you know, I would like to see as we start winning more, which is definitely the direction we're heading in football and basketball. Baseball has been there for, for years now, um, that we start getting more and more, you know, buy-in from the students and obviously the community that all follow. And, you know, uh, there is, I mean, if anyone's listening that's in charge, like, you know, McLean or Brad Smith, one of these social zones that we need to entertain the idea of is right on top of the South yep. End Zone in the Rock. Right. I knew, I knew the you were most going there. underutilized, cool spot in any stadium I've ever been to. It's like, it's like it would be like at uh, the at Tampa, at Tampa Stadium. The, uh, the yeah, with the, with the pirate ship yeah it'd be mm -hmm. like if they had that and just no pirate ship They're like oh that's just concrete <laughs> you know there's, yeah, i don't there's... know i don't know what the design See, someone asked the question uh, and I'm, I'm missing it maybe it was average southern miss fan someone asked the question about a week ago you know what's something that is unpopular about southern miss like make a statement about southern miss that would be unpopular with the fan base and I said it was the design of the rock, the addition that came around in what 2008, where they spent 40 million. My understanding is it's built to where you can't build on top of that area, like another level. So the kind of that landing is, is it as far as what they could do up there, but you can build on that landing itself. You just can't build like another set of suites mm -hmm. because of the support structure below. I don't know if there's truth to that or not, but I've always thought, man, there's so many opportunities that you can make for that area, whether it's a private club, whether it's, you know, tie in Jimmy Buffett and do a Margaritaville up there or something, right. Do something that will, you can use year round, not just when there's games that, you know, on the weekend, you can go up there sure. and have a beer at the, at the bar or whatever, and look over the rock. Right. I mean, I'd, I'd use that every weekend. Have a so. wedding. Right. I'd get married there. Right. So there's, and, and you know, doing, it's not like they're not doing stuff. They built the, sure. the concert venue with Southern station or what, it, you know, what's over there with mm -hmm. the concerts. And Very cool. They're doing some things like that, but there's, there's some things that they could look at to help tie in today's student. Cause it is different. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, there, there are things or there's so many things that they have access to that we didn't. So there's so many things that could take them away from two or three hours at the rock. How do we get them there and how do we keep them there? Very, very interesting perspective, and thank you very much for that. Um, what are your thoughts on the move to the Sun Belt? Uh, long overdue. You know, if you go back to, you know, you look at Conference USA right now, basketball, I think it's special, and I think that's great for them right now. Next year, it's going to be a nightmare uh, when they lose. You know, I think they had seven teams that had a winning record this year and they lose five or six of them to the American next year, right? So we got out ahead of time, which was good, right before, you know, the bottom fell out. Some of the teams are bringing in are great. Like, you know, I think Liberty is going to be a positive addition. Kennesaw State is one of those programs that, uh, you know, they were in, you know, Pete Taylor last year for baseball. Mm -hmm. Basketball, they made the tournament this year. Their football program seems to be making the playoffs all the time. Now they're moving up. But the Sun Belt was a, a perfect change. It probably should have been made, you know, five or six years ago, but there's a thousand reasons why it didn't happen. 
I know from the fan base standpoint, if you said that six years ago, it was, we're better than that. Mm-hmm. Reality is, I think the Sun Belt is, you know, from a baseball standpoint, it's going to be the best conference, probably ahead of some power conferences when it's all said and done. Football, uh, you know, they made a lot of noise this year between Marshall and Appalachian State and, uh, you know, Louisiana's doing some things, uh, Old Dominion. James Madison is crazy good already, you know, moving up a level. And, uh, you know, all those schools are going to have a positive impact with moving football in the right direction. And I think, you know, a conference ahead of us like the American football is going to fall back. It's just, you know, I don't see how, uh, you know, just because UAB is in Birmingham or Florida Atlantic is somewhat close to Miami, how that really does anything from a product on the field standpoint. Right. You can have a brand new, you know, $200 million stadium in Birmingham, but you still only pull in 15,000 people. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Right. It doesn't translate to wins necessarily. So, but we'll see how it goes, but I think we're in a great position right now going forward and, you know, football, I think, will take a, another leap and bound, you know, next year with the, or this next season coming up. Basketball's already made a name for itself, which is great on the men's and women's side. And, um, you know, baseball, this is going to be a tough season for us, but I think we'll be great. Cool. Leave. I don't know how much you get back to Hattiesburg or how often you do, yeah. but I have to ask a foodie question. Here yeah, we go, go with ahead. the food stuff again. Here we go. <laughs> uh, I mean, favorite Hattiesburg restaurant? I mean, if you had one, Chi-Chi's still open. Did they shut that down? What is it? Chi-Chi's. You don't remember Chi-Chi's? Was that that before your time? I think there was a CC's. Somewhat across Canada. It was on your way to Forest General. There was uh, Chi-Chi's is like an old Mexican chain that uh, had a spot in Hattiesburg forever and a day. Chico's. Um, No, it was Chi-Chi's. Oh. There was probably about 50 of them across the country. It's Someone listening to this will know what it is, but I don't know what year they closed down. Um, favorite Hattie's for Russia, man. That's a tough one. Have you ever it's had just, a tiki bowl? No. So the, was it a dragon house was not there? No. Near time. Okay. Yeah. No, I was uh, my time was Elam Arms. So we had our own cafeteria in Elam. Yeah. So we, were, we were eating pretty good back in the day. We didn't have to go anywhere else except uh, downstairs. So. What's your well, we What's do. your favorite right now? Though is it uh, who, who's the guy that has all the restaurants there in Hattiesburg? The oh, Robert St. John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of his, I'm sure. Is yeah, it's probably one of it's probably the other restaurant here with Nelson. Uh, the, it's everything he's got going on downtown with uh, Hattiesburgers and Blue Jazz and right. and uh, Nellie's. Um, I was at Hattiesburgers yesterday, so it's like, um. I'm probably down there a little bit more than I am more Midtown with St. John, but uh, I know that he's got a new bakery that's going to be opening pretty soon that I'm pretty excited about. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I love that people are investing in the town. I I think it's uh, awesome. So, yeah, one of the things where I live now, we have a street. uh, So I'm in Dallas. I don't think we even said that yet. So I'm actually in the northern suburbs of Dallas. So I'm actually in Dallas. Yeah, McKinney, Texas, which is a home of Isaiah Rhodes, actually. So, um, but uh, where I'm at right now, there's a, a street in uh, north part of Dallas. It's uh, Beltline Road that has the most restaurants for a two mile uh, drive compared to anywhere else in the country. So, if there's something that's being tested uh, out from a food standpoint, they usually get it there. 
and then it'll progress its way out kind of across the country from you know all right well standpoint. booking a trip to <laughs> right Virginia. all right so right you, <laughs> you hit Beltline road you're going to see anything and everything and i mean it's it's hit or miss for the most part but yeah uh, you know there's and then it's not just tied to just a sit-down restaurant you know we talk about fast food restaurants there's probably a million things that i've seen over the years that Every time I see something, I'm like, man, that would just kill it in Hattiesburg. Yeah. You know, there's some things that I know you guys have had now that are coming there, but, you know, there's a lot of things missing as well that I think would be huge. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, if you, it's been a while, the, the whole Midtown, speaking of Elam Arms, like, yeah, uh, it's no longer where, there, right? Where that, where that lived is an incredible spot now with right. the hotel and, uh, um, prime and real the, estate. Right. So, yeah. Is how close is McKinney to Denton? So I was in Denton last week, so about uh, it took me about forty-five minutes. Okay. So between McKinney and Denton, uh, there's tons of growth there. You kind of go across the top of Frisco, where the CUSA curtain yep. is located, right? The curtain. So between here and Denton, McKinney and Denton, their uh, PGA just moved their headquarters from Florida. Yep. So PGA headquarters is now kind of in that road in Frisco. And then they announced about a month ago that Universal Studios is building a new theme park there too. Yep. So where I'm located, unfortunately, is where all the growth is happening right now. So it's nonstop traffic. Um, but Denton's a great town. I've spent time at UNT, uh, yeah. seeing Southern Miss play. I mean, it's kind of been an, that's the disadvantage of uh, leaving Conference USA is I'm missing you know the basketball, the football every other year. Uh, UNT didn't have baseball, but uh, you know all the other stuff I pretty much was able to catch Southern Miss a couple of times a year, at least locally. Right. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I don't know if I was going to get a word in when you guys started talking two miles of restaurants and <laughs> right, stuff. Right. Like, you know, yeah, once, that's once people got a hold of golf and, and <laughs> a million funny. restaurants and I was just like, all right, so you come out here, we'll hit the uh, Beltline road for food. <laughs> we'll go hit some golf balls up at PGA. They I'm got down. a night course that they're opening there. So, We'll be able to do night golf here pretty soon. Pretty cool. Yeah, the dude perfect guys, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, Frisco? they're there. They're in Frisco. Okay. They're actually yeah. building. They're the next one. So Frisco is always building. Their headquarters. Perfect. Yeah. Their headquarters are in a, a warehouse district I've been next to a thousand times because they have uh, kids' birthday parties in and around that area. And then uh, Dude Perfect proposed a, I don't know, a couple hundred million dollar theme park that they're trying to yeah. get the city of Frisco to pay for. So. And then Dude Perfect, I've seen them at like uh, minor league baseball games in Frisco. They're always in and around town doing something. So. Yeah, I'm a big fan. My daughter and I love them. We went and saw them on tour in Memphis. Did you? It was, okay. it was, oh, it was awesome. That, yeah. that incredible story. Um, yeah. Good deal. Well, I tell you what, uh, we might as well get to, you know, what actually is going on around Hattiesburg these days. Um, <laughs> so what happened since the last time we recorded? Well, baseball is back in action. Looked pretty good out of the peep. Uh, beach volleyball is in full swing. Uh, the football team had a scrimmage in which I attended for a little while. Softball season kept going. And uh, two Golden Eagles run really fast and finish number one in their events. So let's talk about a little bit of that. Before we get to it, a little bit of housekeeping. We've had a little bit more activity on the on the merchandise site lately. Lots of new shirts. Pilo is excellent at putting these things together. You can go to bonfire.com slash store slash to the top talk. And the link is in all of our bios. Uh, if you can't find them, very good stuff on there. Go and buy you some shirts. I've done it. Some other people have done it. So you might as well join the party. 
But first thing we need to talk about, guys, I think is baseball. You know, baseball is sitting at 14 and nine, three mm-hmm. and three, and some belt play right now. Three and three is better than one and two. Um, probably should have been four and two uh, after this past series, but, you know, we, we won the series and a series win is a series win. Also had a midweek versus the University of New Orleans. And and I was coming off losing two of three at Texas State last week. Uh, some booster bought up all the tickets so nobody could go to the game in New Orleans, which is kind of a <laughs> badass move, honestly. Right. As much as, we are, as much as we're banging on it. I mean, if yeah, you, it really wasn't mad at the guys. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, drive man. From, you drive up from New Orleans to Hattiesburg, you get out your Touché. car, you walk over and you get to the ticket booth and they're like, sorry, dude. He's like, really? Wasn't he in the dugout for UNO with a beer? Did you guys see that picture? Was he? Wow. Oh, no. So he was he well, was he walking bought all around. the tickets. That's he bought all the tickets and he was walking around because <laughs> it was a St. Patrick's Day, late St. Patrick's Day themed game. Mm-hmm. And he was uh they showed him walking around in a leprechaun outfit, and someone got a picture of him in the UNO dugout with a beer. So I mean, if you buy the stadium, I guess that gives you a little bit more access. I don't know. That's the kind of guy that I'd love to sit next right? to, like at the bar, like pull up and then he just you know lays that story on you. That's awesome. Um, so look, we ran a poll last week on Twitter as to how many games the Golden Eagles will win this year. And a lot of people participated. Uh, there were 211 votes cast. Wow. 40 plus wins. Got 21% of the vote. I hope it happens. If it does happen, you get 40 plus wins of this kind of schedule, then I, I think that we're like a top eight seed. And we'd have to go on one hell of a run right now, which we did last year, you know? Well, we're on one 16 in a row at some point, I think. Right. Um, 35 to 39 wins got 27% of the vote. 30 to 34 wins got 35% of the vote. And 29 and under got 17% of the vote. So I don't know who the hell you are, but you know, <laughs> they're t- I don't I really don't know why you why you like our pitch to the top talk. 29 and under. Geez. Um <laughs> but but so so after that series versus Texas state near your neck of the woods leaf. Uh, we played at the university of New Orleans, Tuesday, March 21st, lost this game six to three, just looked flat. We didn't hit pitched good enough. I thought, but, but gave up a couple homers had nobody with multiple hits. Billy Oldham started. I thought he looked good enough to get the W, but I'm sure he wants a couple of those pitches back that, uh, that got out of the park. His final line, his final line reads four and a third innings pitched, five hits, six runs, five earned, six Ks, two walks. Uh Rhodes, Dawson, and Sibley all came in after Billy and gave up nothing. So they gave they kept us in the game. Um UNO through eight pitchers. They did that a pitcher and inning thing. Like the starter went two innings and everybody else threw an inning. We've done that before. Um makes for a really long game. And when you when you when you look a little flat anyway, that's probably not the best way to uh to have to go through it. Sutter missed scored in the first on a wild pitch. UNO tied it up on a dinger. Then we scored it again on the wild pitch in the fourth, and UNO hit another dinger. Um, three in a row in the loss column for the Eagles. Oldham falls to two and one. What were you guys thinking at this point? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, I, that's, that's how I, I felt. Yeah, yeah me too. exactly, right? <laughs> Sky is not falling, but I, I can understand the, the concern. Yeah, I think it's just uh, – I think it's three three losses in a row. I think at any point we feel like, especially with the preseason hype, that shouldn't be happening to this team. Um, so I, I can imagine a lot of people hitting the panic button. So, 
You know, I posted something after that game that was basically, you know, everyone's looking, well, not everyone, a lot of people were looking for coaches to pay a price for what's going on with the offense. And what people didn't realize is that in the games that uh, we were losing this year to date compared to last year, we we're actually scoring more runs and getting more hits in our losses. We were more productive in the games that we were losing in 2023 compared to last season. And we were only at that point, what, a game off the pace or something like that, a game behind yeah. with a much more difficult schedule. So when you kind of, when you put things in perspective, you know, the, the, a UNO game and a Mississippi State game, uh, you know, you get those back. No one's really talking about it. There isn't that panic, right? If it's a, a two-game swing where you hold on in the ninth against State and you, and you don't give one up to UNO, which UNO, by the way, was playing extremely well going into that game. Um, you know, it's amazing how much talk is created over just really a two game swing. Absolutely. Um, and, and so then, and then we had Georgia Southern, uh, coming, we, we had them coming up and they were going to be at the peak, but we're really kind of limping into that series. And everybody knows we had Tanner Hall going on Friday. Tanner hasn't really looked like himself the entire year. Um, but it's almost one of those deals where uh, he was, he was a piece to the puzzle last year and he's a big piece. This year, it's almost like we got to have you, you know, when he ever, if he ever doesn't look, you know, like Greg Maddox, then we're like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> right. So, yeah. um, but, but we knew we had Tanner going. And it was a good thing because we won this game, uh, the Friday game, four to three. Uh, Tanner looked good, looked like himself again. Had some swagger yeah. out there, had some velo, five and a third innings pitch, four hits, 10 Ks, three walks on 85 pitches. He probably would have thrown more innings. I don't know if he would have gone the distance, but he was just cruising, man. And then that storm came out of nowhere. I don't know how it looked on TV, but we were just like, do you think it's going to rain? We're checking our radar. <laughs> and Cooper did not take the tent when he came over to pick up the stuff. Uh, my wife was like, do you think you should take the tent? He's like, no, we're good. Well, um that didn't work out <laughs> so uh but yeah it was like no rain no rain no rain no rain absolute monsoon for like an hour it was, and, what, didn't uh, we leave it bases loaded am i right am i wrong in that I yeah they uh, had the bases loaded yeah they had the bases yes. loaded when the when the rain yes. hit. oh yeah but yeah because um yeah that's right that's right right um so yeah, yeah. an hour-long rain italy in the sixth wilkson sergeant Hitting three and four in the lineup, go a combined four of seven with two homers, three runs scored, and three RBIs. Georgia Southern brought their starter back in after the delay, which I did not even know that Amazing. until I was talking to right. my dad the next day. And he was yeah. like, no, they brought the same guy. I was like, there's no way they did I've that. I've never but, seen that in baseball. I mean, it's just – it's it's unbelievable. Um, Southern Miss almost let it get away late, had a 4 nothing lead through seven, gave up a run in the eighth and another two runs on a homer in the ninth. Then the game ends on a ball to the wall in right field that I thought was out of here. At that point, I was standing uh, at Mr. Rick's spot right down there near the right field foul pole with some uh, a bunch of Southern Miss fans and some Georgia Southern fans who love the roost, by the way. Just most fans do, um, and most players don't. Most fans do. And uh, and when he hit it, I was like, oh, my God. We're about to be here for you know some more innings. Um but Ewing made that crazy catch at the wall. Uh, we went it. Cross looked human for the first time in a while. He did get the save, but wasn't your typical lights out outing. Yeah. He went three and two thirds, uh, four hits, three runs, three earned, five Ks, zero walks. So, I mean, so what are your thoughts on that one? I mean, I, I saw a little fire again, and we're going to see some more fire as we get into the rest of the series. But Tanner looked yeah. like himself. 
um, Sarge in there swinging with a purpose, you know, uh, what'd you guys think after this one? Yeah, it was the first one for me outside for obviously first home game I hadn't been to. I was uh, I was down in Mobile and got to watch the broadcast and listen to Baker and, and Russell. Uh, it was an interesting perspective. I, I mean, yeah, Tanner Hall had some crazy movement uh, on, on the um, on his stuff. Looked fantastic, and um, actually, we went out to eat and I was keeping up with it on my phone sit down at the bar at this place called Cravers in uh, Mobile, stellar seafood, um, and sit down. And my mom says, look, look over there to that guy sitting like two, it was like two empty seats. And then the guy next to us, we were sitting at the bar and the guy's got Southern Miss hat on. And uh, I kind of, of course, had to like lean over and say something to him. But yeah, he's like, yeah, my grandson uh, is a student there. And uh, he was piping him up and talking about how involved and how much he loved it. And, but they were from mobile, but right. anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, as I, I remember texting you saying, uh, you guys are about to get wet. Uh, cause I was looking at yeah, the radar. You did like, that and you were not wrong. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a no doubter that that was about to, uh, to get really wet. And, um, but yeah, I, I mean, it, it kind of, it's as bad as I felt after the game on Tuesday, feeling really good uh after this one like okay um you know we took we took a step in the right direction tanner was on pace to have that game done in less than two hours i mean he was just there was one inning i think i posted on on twitter about uh i think it took maybe five minutes if that i mean i think he threw (laughs) nine pitches and i mean got a k in that inning had a pop out after one pitch i mean he was just he was just rolling and, you know, I thought we were going to have to play the uh, Ole Miss-Louisiana Tech card and just call it a win. We were definitely hit, talking right? about that. I'm sure, right? You got to well, the, the play difference that card, is, right? The difference is, is we actually had the lead, right? Know, whereas Ole Miss was losing, and they're like, hey. Let's go back. We're going to reverse it. <laughs> so, but, but no, it was, it was great, man. Yeah, and it was – you need your Friday guy. You need your – I mean, damn it. You need, you need your win. All-American, your um, Mr. Olympic team. You need that guy after a, a little bit of a of a lull, uh, a little losing streak. You need him to come out and do that, right? He's a Friday guy for a reason, so it was nice to see it. He's so fun to watch pitch, man. I mean, there's been a lot of guys through the years. I remember Todd McKinnis was one of them that I always loved to watch. There's just some guys that you just can't miss. Right. Um, Sandlin. Uh, but um, he's, he's one of those, and I'm sure glad we got him. Well, that leads us to – Game two on Saturday and game three on Saturday because we ended up canceling the Sunday game and it didn't rain a drop. Also, right. but um, but but so game two, uh, Saturday the 25th, um, the first of the doubleheader, Matt, Adam, Matt Adams gets to start on this one. He goes six innings and, and looked okay. I thought uh, his line read six inning pitched, six hits, five runs, six Ks, three walks. Wasn't great, but I mean, I thought he battled all game uh the bats continued to heat up you know we out hit texas state all three games of that series out there and and as even losing two of three if just a couple things go differently not only could we one to we could have won all of them you know yeah, saturday so, definitely yeah so so i, I don't think we we're looking that bad um rodrigo montenegro goes three for four whenever that dude gets a chance he just hits man uh, Dickerson and Shard Sergeant hit doubles. Dickerson and Wilkes hit homers. Uh, Dustin's was just absolutely torched over the left field fence in the third inning. He pimped it 
It was great. Uh, Wilkes's home run was heroic in the eighth to regain the lead. Um, so Lynch was hit by a pitch. Etchell struck out. Uh, th- then they then they put Dustin on to get to Wilkes. Mm-hmm. He crushed it to center field with two strikes. Bat flip, stared at it, rounded the bases. Then kind of all hell broke loose, um, and we were feeling it out there in the roost. The um, you know the, the I say the bench is clear, but it really wasn't our bench so much it was their bench and like the 15 people that they had in the bullpen for some reason <laughs> um but but what were you guys perspective? have you have you heard the latest on that no that somehow yeah, came out and said that uh, they have a rule about people that leave uh the dugout or the bullpen uh or like it's like an automatic like suspension type thing right. so uh half of their team is going to be suspended if they go by rule because i mean they literally ran the entire length of the field to get into a skirmish. So I think there may or may not be some additional suspensions coming from the Sunbell they're reviewing, but yeah, I heard that heard that this afternoon. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, cr- craziness. I, I didn't even know it was happened. You know, we were just celebrating and, uh, and then, you know, you kind of hear rumblings like, Hey, what's happening. And then you just, you know, see people running like they do in the big leagues and, and nothing happened. It was your it was your typical no. <laughs> baseball fight, you know, or a bunch of maybe a, a little bit of shoving. But but it all yeah, it was it was very one sided as far as who was the aggressor. I thought, and it was it was Georgia Southern, even though you know Dustin's right there in the middle of it because of course the, the if you look at the replay, the pitcher's clearly saying something. I don't know if he was talking back to Dustin about his home run or if they were, you know, Coach Barry was saying that uh, it seemed to be tied to the bat flip. And there's a new rule, I guess, with, uh, you know, the bat flip this year that, you know, they're watching for it, essentially. And that I guess they felt like it was clearly crossed the line of whatever that new rule is, but nothing was officially called. But, um, you know, you kind of wonder, is that a moment that this team is so close, right? I mean, you think about last Saturday against Texas State, you think about the ninth inning against Mississippi State, you think of some moments where, you know, we're we're that close to just kind of being consistent where we hit that streak last year where we hit 15 Mm -hmm. in a row and you know there's a lot of frustration i'm sure you know with the team as far as you know maybe from an offensive standpoint but you know is that kind of a moment where some of that frustration comes out and obviously you win saturday right and see how we can carry some of that momentum hopefully tomorrow right Mm -hmm. and then uh obviously next weekend as well we'll see no doubt. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was, I thought it was great. You know, I mean, you, you've, if you've listened to Scott Barry after the last, uh, the last week or two, really after games, but in particular losses, he kind of danced around saying, we need some fire. We need toughness. some, yeah, we need some toughness. We need yeah. just somebody with that, with that, whatever it is, you know, we always try to say what it is and we didn't have it, you know? Um, so I think I'm not saying that he wanted to, you know, there a fight to go yeah. down, but, but I think he wanted to see some, some red ass, you know, and, and he wanted to see some fight out of the guys. And, and, and that's something that you can't, you can't just get by saying, all right, we're going to run today or whatever. You, you can't manufacture what happened. And mm-hmm. if that's the thing that brought us more together, great. Um, but, but yeah, I, I did think that it was good. I, I thought it was, I mean, yeah. it was great that cooler heads prevailed and it kind of looked like it was going to be something then it wasn't anything. But at the same time, kind of did something, right? 
so um so so, so I, th- I thought it was great um and uh, so after adams comes out of the game dawson throws an inning storm closes it out storm goes two innings pitched four hits two runs one earned four k's and three walks uh storm is actually credited with the win on this one um and and yeah man so so i know that everybody's thoughts probably after that game were let's roll you know like i mean because you know especially with us being at the game uh we had just gotten into it you know and that's usually when we're cranking up the car and leaving after that we're like all right this is about to be fun you know (laughs) we've won a couple in a row and um and and, in the last game i thought we had this game won honestly So, so the back half of the saturday doubleheader I expected some really high attention for game two. Really didn't see a whole lot of that. Everybody kept yeah. their heads. Um, uh, it was a back and forth game that saw plenty of offense on both sides. Very entertaining game. Final score was 10 to eight with the Golden Eagles losing. Uh, Southern Miss had a two nothing lead after two innings uh, off of a Parker homer and an Etzel single. Georgia Southern scores four in the third and one in the fourth, take a five two lead. Then Southern Miss scores three in the bottom of the fourth in part due to a Dickerson two-run double. Georgia Southern scores again in the seventh with two runs going up a run, but Southern Miss responds in the bottom of the seventh with three, thanks to a Black-Johnson double. Uh, Mazza got to start Sunday again. Um, he, he, or not Sunday, but the second half of this again, he he really needs to find it. Um, two underwhelming starts in a row. He went two and a third, four hits, four runs, two walks, two Ks. He's either on or he's off. He just seems like that guy. I mean, we've seen him be Sunbelt Pitcher of the Week and be unhittable, and we've seen him do this. So, right. and they are young. They're, they're it's just we're gonna have to get through it. We said the same thing about Tyler Stewart three years ago, right? Um, Trahan, Martin, Armistead uh, got us through three innings with with little damage. Uh, Towns comes in. Uh, he throws a, he throws a thousand miles an hour, but wasn't very effective. Give up two runs in an inning and a third. Middleton's kind of the same way. Uh, he's credited with the loss with one and a third, um, with four Ks, zero walks and three runs, gave up two bombs. Monastery got the last out. But yeah, man, these young guys, they're, they're gonna they're gonna come around. Uh, it's they're, they're too, this the stuff is there. The experience just is not there. So we need them to just keep doing what they're doing. And, and hopefully towards the end of this year and definitely moving into next year. Uh, they're they're just as good as we think they they can be, but still, yeah. fourteen hits on the day for the Golden Eagles. Uh, came back uh, a, a few times, had some big moments offensively. Didn't end up getting the win, but I mean Tate Parker goes four for five. Black Johnson goes three for five. Lynch goes two for four. Uh, we got something going offensively that we haven't seen in a I think while. Gabe Lacey had a couple of uh, hits, if I'm not mistaken, that were. I like that well, dude. I like that right? dude in the box. Um, he looks, he's got a, he's got a, a just a dirt bag look, right? Yeah. Was, was the, the second game, <clears throat> was this the game that Edsel scored from first on the wild, like on the, the toss, pitch or the throw to the uh, from, from our perspective, that was just phenomenal. I mean, from our angle, yeah. you know, go, cause go, go, they go. throw it, he, you know, he rounds second, like in like five steps, he's already rounding, you know, rounding second. And then you kind of see him look toward first and he makes this big wide turn at third. And, you know, like he's just accelerating at that point. Yeah. 
to home. Uh, that was just so cool. I love to see that guy. Like every time I get up, I'm like, please hit a triple, please hit a triple, you know, <laughs> or at least a double for most people that he can. A strike. routine single, he's turned uh, several times into a double just because they're not prepared for him and he's, he's thinking second base the entire time and he gets it. So he's, you know, he's part of that threat that we didn't have last year that, you know, him and then obviously Tate Parker really coming on fire right now. You know, those are the things that are going to start happening that, you know, we're going to find our way. Right. Up next for Southern Miss baseball, Tuesday, March 28th in Pearl versus Mississippi. Uh, then we go to Troy for a three game Sunbelt set starting Friday, March 1st. Uh, Troy just swept ULM with a Friday win and a doubleheader on Saturday. They are 17 and seven, three and three in the league, just like us. Um, so they swept ULM, but they got swept by Georgia State. They have five guys hitting over 300. Sullivan at 390 with 11 homers. That's good. Shane Lewis, Shane Lewis is no slouch. slouch. He's 342 with 13 homers on the year. That's also good. Uh, they can hit 47 homers on the season. Sutter Miss has 24 for comparison. And then ERAs, is, as much as everybody wants to say, our pitching is so down. So Troy's got a team ERA of 5.99, Southern Miss at 4.85, which is still above average. So that is really good. Um, and so I, I guess we'll go ahead and we'll update the Sunbelt standings, Pilo, if you want to take us through that real quick. Yeah, so uh, looking at it right now, um, Old Dominion and Louisiana are both sitting at 5-1. and one. Uh, that's followed up by a stack of four teams at four and two coastal app, uh, Georgia state, Georgia Southern. And then, um, you have James Madison at two and two. I don't know why that's weird. Yeah. I don't know why they're they forgot to play two games clearly. Uh, yeah. So I think they and Arkansas, Arkansas state, state get all their yeah. games in the weekend with the weather. Um, and then we have Texas State Southern Miss uh, sitting at three and three, and Troy um, Marshall and everybody else is under. All right, and this brings us to the baseball polls portion of the show, and that's not going to take long because we're not ranked anymore. <laughs> no Mississippi teams are ranked, which is like this first time it's happened in forever. Uh, Patrick McGee put out a tweet about that earlier today. I can't remember what exactly what it said, but like 59 weeks or something like that. Anyway, uh, nobody's ranked. We're not ranked. Uh, but Warren Nolan, you can always keep up with that. The, the, the RPI is a living and breathing thing. We are at 57 right now. The strength of schedule at 30, unless that's changed since I made these notes earlier today. Uh, for reference, Mississippi State is 14 and 10, uh, number 58 RPI and strength of schedule, schedule 20. Mississippi is 15 and eight, number 60, and strength to schedule of 61. So that brings us to softball. So softball, we lost a whole bunch of games, but you know what? Uh, I think Natalie Poole is still doing a great thing over there, and, and we could get into a lot of this, but we played Marshall. Marshall's awesome. Yeah, um, it's just the Sun Belt going, hey, guys, welcome to the conference. You get Louisiana, and then you get to go to Marshall. Yeah, Marshall's 27-3, and 4-0. and right. we, we, we lost the, the first one 4 to nothing. Um, played okay. Um, the, and then the second one did, you know, did a little bit, a little bit better offensively, but lost 17-9. to 
And then the last game, we lost the same exact way again. In fact, the same two pitchers pitched. Linestock and Nestor lost that one four to nothing. So uh, up next for the softball team, uh, we get Troy. And guess what? Troy's really good. 23 and nine on the season, four, one and one in Sunbelt play. So buckle up. We're getting, maybe we're getting, maybe that's the three best teams in the Sunbelt. We got them back, back by fire. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so just, I mean, keep your head ladies. And, um, and we, we've seen you do good so far this year and we know you can do good again. Uh, softball did announce that they're having an alumni game on April 1st. Uh, this game will honor all former players, RSVP at matthew.westman at usm.edu by March 30th. So you got a couple days left to do that if you're listening to this right now. Um, and, and you know, w- with a, a couple tidbits on football, we'll probably hit a lot of this next week. We'll get a few more comments in with, with Leaf and get out of here. But uh, football had a scrimmage this past week. It was good. I didn't get to stay for a lot of it, so I think I'm going to do a little bit more research before I actually do some serious reporting on it. But from what I saw, uh, the quarterbacks that we have, everybody wants to know about that. You know, when you go to these, at least right now with Southern Miss, uh, and they look good, right? They look like Division One quarterbacks. Um, Wookie threw the ball well. Uh, but but um, Wiles and Edwards, just they look like they belong and on a division one football team playing quarterback. So we got a room full of guys like that. And I remember saying the same thing about basketball when, when, when me and Pilo went and yeah. watched basketball before the season started and people were like, what do you think? I'm like, everybody out there is a division one player, <laughs> you know, it's just <laughs> yep. obvious. So I feel that way about our quarterbacks. Um, Crawford looks athletic too. He's got a hose. So, um, and Pilo, you want to get us caught up on, basketball yeah so really obviously uh, with it being the off season and, and we're winding down uh we did want to let everybody know again about the summer camps that are coming up with coach ladner uh-huh. um and so there's lots of those ranging from little to little age five all the way up to high school seniors and so uh, if you want some more information about that go to this jladnerbasketballcamps.com uh, or you can email Garland uh, dot Wilson at usm.edu or call 205-570-1688. And um, in other news, uh, Coach Cardonia was announced as the technical director for the Chilean adult men's basketball team, which is, I think is a huge honor, but it also panicked the majority of our fan base. It did. Uh, <laughs> everybody was literally freaking out on Twitter. And, uh, <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's a temp job. Like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a huge honor to to get to do that, obviously. Um, but I think it, it's also good for our pipeline, right? Yeah. Um, and so he, he'll have uh, eyes on a, a lot of players uh, to kind of keep keep the funnel moving toward Hattiesburg. So uh, huge news for him and well deserved. Yeah, college yeah. coaches do this all the time. Like yeah. right. you know, Coach Shashevsky for years, to, Coach Izzo for years. I mean, just uh, I think even Eustace might have done a little bit of this. So like, but but also get the Southern Miss perspective. They're like. Oh shit! <laughs> you know, <laughs> finally got something good going. Um, and, and it's weird the 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 title that they gave him, the technical director of the Chilean adult men's basketball. I think he's just the head coach. Yeah. He's the head coach of the team. So that's a whole that's a huge way of saying that. But uh, great for him, man, and great for Southern Mass. This is this can do nothing but 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 good things for. I mean, the more that we can be out there in front of players and in front of players we might not have ever had access to before so 
wonderful, very happy for coach, um, and and very happy for, for Southern Miss to kind of be a part of that. Um, and you know what? Before we have to do one more thing, we're gonna do one more thing, we're gonna get out of here, I promise. But Southern Miss stats, you know, yeah, we haven't updated this lately but this is a segment for sediment stats you can follow him at usm underscore stats underscore info a lot of these things that i'm about to tell you we have gone over some baseball stuff that's the research that i do this guy um digs way more into it so i'm gonna hit you with these uh real quick and, and we'll get we'll get leaf in here and then we'll then we'll close her down but uh, so right now we're on pace for the same number of home runs as last year. The Sun Belt as a conference in baseball is currently fifth in RPI. So it goes SEC, ACC, Pac-12, Big 12, Sun Belt, Big 10, Big West, Conference USA, Colonial, Big East, Missouri Valley. That's pretty good. And isn't this one like we aren't even like really the badass that everybody thought we were going to be. So it's this, this conference is cool, you guys. Um, Sun Belt, the Sun Belt has nine teams in the top 100. Um, Troy and Old Dominion are coming up and are 33 and 44, respectively. And here's a tidbit of information. Pilo and I kind of talked about the Sunbelt tourney and the format that they have there. But you really want to be in the top two for the Sunbelt Conference Tournament as teams 7 through 10 play a single game, play-in game. So they are going to have to throw their ace to advance to the double elimination part. If you followed along with that, it makes total sense. They're going to have to throw their best dude or they're out. And then then they get to the double elimination. And when they get mm. there, we're throwing their our ace, right? And then they're not. So it's very important to get to, to be a top two seed. Uh, number one plays the 8-9 winner. Two plays 7-10 winner. Three plays number six. And four plays five. Tidbits of information about Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern hasn't been swept in a Sun Belt Conference series since when, Cloverleaf? I don't know when. April of 2018 at South Al. South, South Al. So, so it wasn't going to be easy, you know, to, to sweep. Yeah. It. And we, like we didn't end up winning. But here's a, a thing about that the blown lead after the eighth inning is a rarity under Coach Berry. We had a record of 408 when leading after the eighth inning prior to the Saturday game that we lost. That's in 14 seasons under Coach Berry. Uh, take impressive. part. I mean, Gosh. isn't that cool? It's just, I mean, I'm just <laughs> assuming all these are right, but I'm pretty sure he does all of his homework, man. This is, it's, I, I, I just feel grateful that he sends them to us. Um, Tate Parker went four for five in the final game of the series. That's the first four hit game for any Golden Eagle this year. Wilkes had two homers through his first 14 games, but has five homers in the past nine games. Tanner Hall, we talked about the comeback that he's that 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 he's had here lately. He's given up just two earned runs over the past three appearances. That's over 17 innings. And those two runs were in the same inning in Valparaiso. So no earned runs in either of his Sunbelt conference starts so far. Nice. Um, and from Friday's game, Sargent's home run was the 40th of his career, which ties him for eighth all time with. Patrick. B.A. Volmuth. B.A. Volmuth. And who, do you guys know who has who, who has 42 home runs and is currently in seventh place? Patrick, you're looking at the answer. I don't because I'm looking <laughs> at I don't. I did not know that. Leaf, you have a guess? No, I don't. 
the one and only Dusty Haley. Dusty Haley. Last tidbit of information. We have 25 stolen bases this year. We had 30 stolen bases all of last year. Wow. I believe it. Very, very, very just interesting stuff uh, all the way around there. Um, and I mean, yeah, do you guys have anything else? It, that, that was awesome. That was, I, I feel like we should just sh- shut it down right now because that was just it was the, the, the energy that the leaf brought and, and then that the, the uh, trip down memory lane with all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I say we just it, leaf. If you have anything else to add before we get no, out, just um, <clears throat> again, thanks to uh, SBC rep for canceling and uh, giving me a spot today. So, <laughs> now, I appreciate you guys having me on. I enjoy it. I'm following you guys for, you know, since the show started years ago, I guess. And then obviously with the uh, the redo now over this past year has been great. And uh, there's so many great resources out there to mm-hmm. really talk about Southern Miss and get the word out there. And, you know, these are exciting times with how everything's, you know, trending towards winning now and all our big programs. And then you have people like Marchant and everybody trying to be the ambassador to get you know not only the students but the fans and some old athletes to come back and get engaged uh exciting times that we're all being part of and there's lots of resources to to do this and i really appreciate what you guys do as well no doubt man we, we, we appreciate you more than you know um you guys uh don't forget we are sponsored by fourth street bar and grill i'll be there tomorrow night always the place to be pre and post game for every usm sporting event have all the games on if you can't make it to the game. $9.95 plate lunches. It includes your drink. Uh, Homestyle plate lunches and tag us on social when you go by uh, so that we'll know that you did that. Shout outs. Pilo, what you got? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, really, I, I try to write my brain on this. I feel like I, you always have this stellar list and I'm like in here dragging you, up. Uh, you always slack. Yeah, I am. I mean, it's, it's a Monday. Um, no, I mean, I, I just I collectively, uh, obviously we were out with the double header out in the roost for many hours, uh, on Saturday. And, I uh, just wanted to give a shout out to, to all the folks out there in 39 and 38 and 40 really in those spots. Uh, it, it's just, we have a special group out there. Uh, it's, it's grown tremendously and, um, just the kind of the synergy and, and everything that we uh, do. And I remember the Georgia state fan that was kind of was up, up in the top uh, part. Oh, and like right. you talked about earlier, I mean, it's just other teams uh, come here and they kind of see what we have. And, and, and obviously they're just, and it's just special. And uh, as a Southern Miss fan who has been to hundreds of baseball games, I mean, it's only my, what third year out there um you know i spent the majority of my years in in the stands so uh, i'm still pretty new uh to it and i feel like i've been out there forever so uh just a huge shout out to everybody out there that kind of makes makes it what it is leaf jason baker ah oh, bake is he the He's, best uh, right i mean so in those two games in on saturday it was uh, with everything that was going on between the non-fight fight and just, you know, the energy between comeback scores and lead changes. Uh, he just does a solid job every weekend. I mean, it's it's a tough call to go between John Cox and obviously Jason Baker. But, uh, 
you know, try to rotate your games, get in each of them if you can, but uh, he does a solid job for the uh, ESPN broadcast. Yeah. And it, the, the guy never, I don't know if he ever sleeps. Um, uh, yeah. He's the I mean, happiest it, it, dude. Have you ever, have you ever <laughs> run into bake? You're like, wow, he's just obviously having a bad day. It doesn't happen. No, I think it happens with me all the time. People, like, I think it was the okay? biggest shocker to me that he was not, he doesn't live in Hattiesburg. I mean, I was just right. like, what? Like you make that drive up, up 59 uh, multiple times a week. Like somebody get that guy a condo. At um, the end of the last season, the end of the women's season, he was at, uh, was it Louisiana Lafayette where we won? Yeah. And then the next morning, I think he was doing softball or something. I mean, it was like back in Hattiesburg. It's, yeah, you know, he had all, to go like back to yeah. row. Yeah, he was just back to, but it was party. nothing for him, right? I mean, he was posting yeah. pictures before the broadcast, like beautiful morning out here at the complex. I'm like, <laughs> dude, I, last time I, when I went to bed, you were in, you know, Lafayette. So right, yeah, he's the best. Yeah, Bake's the best. Um, I'll, I'll give a couple shout outs and, and close her down. Um, so I saw Dwayne Blackwell um at the football scrimmage on Saturday. Saw Don Howell as well. I usually only run into Don at basketball. He sits right in front of us and then at all the Eagle Club stuff. But he was at the scrimmage too. So shout out to those two guys. Um to to, to Chad Dickens, man. My my dude has been burning up the phones, getting us some serious swag for this golf tournament we have coming up. This thing, man, it takes a lot of time to put on. Um, and it would not get done without Chad. So yeah. big time shout out to him for that. And last shout out, our, our good friend Scott Watkins from the Sun Herald came out and sat in the roost for a couple innings. I think it's his first time out there to hang out. I gave him a Capri Sun. I was like, do you want a beer? He's like, I'm working. I said, all right. He said, do you have a water? I'm like, well, that's going to be hard to come by. That I do have a kid's uh, cooler over here that has Capri Suns and Gatorades. I thought he'd go Gatorade. He went Capri Sun. So, you know. He's was the shoe game on? Because he's got some serious shoe games. Did he have his shoe know. game going? I didn't even pay attention. I just know that he's a big Braves fan, which I love. Uh, yeah. He's one hell of a writer, too. Yeah, yeah. This guy's yeah, great. Um, so, if you guys have not subscribed to the Sun Herald, I encourage you to do so. And um, and that's that's about it for for me, man. Let's go ahead and close this thing down. Um, thanks everyone for listening in today. Thank you, Cloverleaf, for 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 coming on. It's it's been an honor to finally meet you, put a face with the name. Yeah. Um, so whatever day you might have listened in, and whichever platform you chose to listen in on, thank you very much. Remember, you can follow me at Bumper J Bailey and Patrick at P Lowry, and also Cloverleaf at Cloverleaf Mall. Uh, follow us all on social at to the top talk and don't forget about the mailbag to the top talk at gmail.com hope you guys enjoyed it tell somebody to the top today and as always southern miss to the top talk i could play for alabama usc or notre dame you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina. Ohio State, RLSU, 
You play a good game of football But Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you season is over and done the fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs Florida State or Tennessee but I chose Southern Mississippi and right here at home is where I'll always be I could play for Alabama USC our Notre Dame You have lots Of things to offer But Southern Mississippi Put you all to shame I could play For North Carolina Ohio State Or LSU You play a good Game of football But Southern Mississippi Is a whole lot better than you season is over and done all your teams with famous names will see we're number one ask mississippi state ask mississippi state call katie case bailey with dunbar real estate for all of your real estate needs katie case bailey realtor extraordinaire something to show something to list something to sell call today at 601-408-9980 